March 19, 2021, it's a for Pedro's show. <laughs>
Pedro Show, happy Friday. I think it's the last day of winter. We start off with uh, Love Thy Neighbor from John Coltrane. And then Matmos with Banquet for Ludwig. No, King Ludwig. Pardon me. The second in Bavaria. Don't want to fuck that up, huh? Uh, Brother Matt's in uh, the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point a couple miles south of me here because quick quarantino mode still. But I'm not totally man alone. Because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me Matmos from Baltimore. Welcome aboard, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, I want to get into your stories before we get into the whole band thing. But because, right, everybody's got some kind of journey through music. It's probably a parallel of that thumbprint. It's unique. So, uh, Brother Martin, you go first. Please bring your earliest musical memory. Remember, it's a lot from it's a lot from Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> I uh, my mom uh, was a 
was a you know not a hardcore Christian, but like you know she was a she was in the most boring of the Christian sects. She was a Presbyterian, and I think we got a piano so that she could sing, uh, you know, like play religious music. And I, as a result, I ended up with uh, piano lessons uh, for a couple of years. But then I got all F's in. Uh, sixth grade which is sort of impressive when you think about it and uh my father said no more piano so so uh, let me understand this you got f's like it was in school but did you have a private teacher you for the piano yeah it was the lady two houses down Ah, okay. So she was giving you the Fs, not the school. No, the school. And and my father... Oh, you mean it was part of it? So, somehow private uh, instruction was along with the school thing? Yeah, at the, you know, yeah, it was like twice a week I would go down to Mrs. Hooper's house and she would teach me. And somehow my father thought, oh, this piano is distracting him from, you know, sixth grade, my sixth grade education. He was wrong. I didn't ever do any better at school, but I also didn't get any better at piano. You know, I've had a lot of cats on the show talk about experiences with piano lessons. And man, a lot of it's negative, and it seems it's kind of about the fucking teacher. I liked my teacher. My, my okay, teacher okay, was it wasn't the teacher. So it was the machine, one note, one note, one button, that kind of thing. I liked the piano. I was good. Oh, it's it was, your pop. It's your pop. It was the only thing I was any good. You know, everything else I was quite lazy and poor at. <laughs> but then you were forced. You were forced to abandon it. Yeah. Well, what about, did you do other shit in school, like uh, marching band or the choir? I was in choir later, uh, yeah, later in, and my dad was in, was a doctor in the army, so we moved around a lot, uh, and uh, so I get confused between high school, but yeah, somewhere later in high school, I was in choir for a couple of years. And when he made you quit the piano, you just never played it again as a boy? I didn't learn. I didn't learn it. I certainly played it. I remember like when I was when I actually started making, you know, whatever, make make it up yourself music like, you know, which ends up with me on this show 40 years later. Um, I remember him like t yelling at me like you can't keep your foot on the pedal all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why there's not? a sustain pedal, people, with the piano. Piano yeah. actually means soft. The, the full name is Piano 40 because it can get soft and loud where the harpsichord and clavichord couldn't do that shit. <laughs> so to add you another had... dimension. So, you know, rock and roll is primarily a piano. I know everybody thinks of the guitar. But did you do the thing after, and I'm not saying after school, after graduate, but like in the afternoon, did you do the garage band, basement band, uh, bedroom band thing with yes, friends? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, in high school. But none, none of my friends knew anything like none of us had beyond my I mean, I was the most musically educated with my two years of piano lessons of all my pals. We had a band called the Suburban Commandos <laughs> uh, and we actually played one gig at the Chi Chi Club in San Francisco, which was a pay to play place in the Tenderloin. I don't know if you're familiar with this. The Chichi Club I know is on Catalina uh, Avalon, the only town on the island off here. Oh, okay. Well, that I imagine that's much classier than the Chichi Club in the. No, not really. You know what Chichis are, right? 
Yeah, I'm a man of the world. Okay, you know. okay. Tell me about this first gig, please, Brother Mark. Uh, oh, I don't know. It was horrible. You know, like there were two drunks. You know, if nobody came and we were, I think we, you know, we had to pay a hundred dollars to play this show. <laughs> oh, vanity. Yeah, we also call them gigs character builders. But I guess there's yeah. a vanity component when you actually have to pay also. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm interested in, uh, in the material. Were, were you guys oh, playing original stuff or were you copying it off records? Terrible. No, we know it was all. It was. I don't know if the word original really. If it. If this. If this music deserves even the word or Yeah, we were making shit up. <laughs> I think that's bitching because man, me and Deep Boom, we fucking. There was no culture for it. The best guy in Pedro was a guy who could. Play play black black dog the best there's no <laughs> idea that music could be ex expression you know like learning your own way to ride a skateboard you know okay so how long did the suburban commandos last yeah i don't know was it even it did what did it even exist in the first place i don't know a year or so and then we met some kids from another suburb who had a a real band called the duck revolution um <laughs> okay and let's see, there was some, there was a guy who was associate, there was a guy, do you know this guy, Chuck Prophet? Oh yeah, of course. So he was somehow friends with them and his whole thing made them so much cooler and more legit. A green on red, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was right when they were, you know, doing hot. I think the singer never sang the same words, right? He always made up new words when they did gigs and shit I, did, I don't and I think the bass man ended up opening a music store uh, I think in uh, what's the gentrified thing? Highland Park yeah so uh, <laughs> so so you were playing with these guys with the band with Chuck Prophet we were mostly doing drugs with them you know oh, okay. like <laughs> yeah I mean my my life when I was 18 was like a very much like what are we gonna do today we're going to try to find weed. <laughs> Mota. We call it Mota here in Pedro. You know, um, yeah, ain't that a trip that's legal? <laughs> in fact, you could yeah, do an well, I-5 tour now and, yeah, not have to worry about the fucking hombre. How do kids structure their time? I know how they... <laughs> right, right. Chasing nickels and dimes, right? <laughs> People, that was side talk, right? $5, $10. Yeah. I think... Um, uh, Professor Einstein said, if you ain't got the dime, you don't get the rock, right? Is that what he said? Uh, uh, well, you know, word on the street, right? So so <laughs> what about musically, uh, as far as the institution? You never take it again. You don't go to college to learn music and stuff. I So I'm, what made me, <laughs> yeah, and again, I use these words like serious, but I, it's hard to, I don't know. What made me take it seriously was I fell in love with this boy in high school who wasn't, of course, gay, had no interest with me being in love with him. But he was a drummer uh, and he was he's a real, really good drummer. And I was just like, whatever you do, that's what I'm I do. Uh, you're in a band. I'm in a band. I want. I'm a, and, and you know that I like I bought, I don't know, I bought a synthesizer and I was like, I'm a keyboard player based on those two years of piano lessons. And I kind of just followed him around like an annoying, you know, puppy. 
but he went to uh, after high school. He went off to CalArts. Sure. Um, down here. Right. And, yeah. And I didn't even know there was such a thing. Valencia, I think. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. I spent a lot of time there as a result of this. I didn't even know there was such a thing as an art school, like a place where, wait, you mean this is like a college where they only do art? This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I lived, <laughs> it's this pathetic story. No, I lived no. in, his, in his car because he was like, no, man, you can't sleep in my dorm. You can't sleep in my no, man, you can sleep in my car if you want. So I did. I slept next to a uh, to a, a, one of those gigantic old base cabinets. You know uh, what? That, that That's near grapevine. It gets cold at night. Well, you know, I, I had base to keep me warm. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't. I, I don't even remember. I didn't have any trouble sleeping. I thought you slept in the percussion room sometimes. I sometimes and then I, I was hung around so much. The security at this uh, art school at CalArts didn't, you know, they didn't know the difference between one 20-year-old and another 20-year-old. And so eventually I could just come and go in the building and I ended up sleeping in the percussion room because there was always a pillow in kick drums. That's right. And I'm like, oh, cool, I can sleep in there where there's a pillow. <laughs> and eventually, no lie, I had like keys to theaters, you know, like rehearsal rooms and so on. And, the, and it was this sort of like uh, hanging around at an art school where I was like, oh, this can be a whole, like you can actually make this your life. Like, I don't know, I never had a counselor in high school tell me, oh, you know, there's art schools and you could just do like nobody ever nobody ever mentioned this to me. Good point. So, Good point. <laughs> no, I mean, this should be fucking mentioned, at least as an option. Shit. I want to play this. This is a trippy Matmos tone for the trees. <laughs>
Lord will shout it every day. Yeah.
got crop circles over my eyes And this morning in the bath I scratched my thigh It felt like rotten flesh I thought my fingers might go right through Down to the bone where it's shaved dry Send back the sky It's too blue Besides, I had a black Didn't you? Didn't you? Listen, listen Not to me The sky Don't you hear it shrieking with banshee glee? I can't
Off Pedro Show. That was Matmos with For the Trees. Network Glass. They're Baltimore. Door. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Door. I was. I saw that you... How was his uh, How was his thing? He's great, man. I, his music trips me up, man. I've, it's a mind blow. I've been playing buttloads of his shit. I, I just love it. I think what he's doing. And I had a lady on yesterday, Andrea Pensado. She's kind of kind of a parallel <laughs> oh, yeah. on this. Yeah. I, I just love it, you know. I come from Creedence and Blue Oyster Cult, man. <laughs> you know, the first gig I saw was T-Rex. And uh, I like that, but I like this stuff, too. And then, then we had Tobacco. Mr. Tom's got a new album out, Pittsburgh, Under the Ship Bridge, is this tune. Hands Rotten from Switzerland, Delay Me. Uh, Igan Thirst doing a version of Glory at Igg's Pad, like five years ago. No Mercy, remember them? They're a great band from the city. Uh, Wicked Sister. And uh, Red Ants with Exene, God, they got a, a, a real uh, spelling, Cervenkova, not Cervenka, with uh, Alien Song. And finally, Matmos with uh, Despite Its Aesthetic Advances. So can we hop on over to Brother Drew and of course. get his Hello. little... Oh, we'll be back with you, don't worry. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brother Drew, your, your earliest musical memory, please. Uh, it was probably growing up in Louisville, Kentucky. Every summer there would be like a bluegrass festival down by the river. Um, and, you know, there'd be like these river boats, like the Bell of Louisville. And, you know, so it was just people picking banjos and, and playing really fast. And I just remember loving the music. And I loved the way the music sounded on kind of crappy speakers in a big concrete open air space. Because there was something a little bit like psychedelic about it, even though it's like folk music, like because it was like like bouncing against like the speakers. It, it's just a very vivid memory of the way it sounded played back in that size of space. Yeah, I yeah, I, I can I can I can see that or hear that, feel that the pad you grew up in. Was there musical instruments? No, you know, we were we were people that had a lot of records and I would watch my parents play records and and kind of see them use music uh, to set the scene or to kind of like, like I, you know, I have a very vivid memory of watching my mother and my stepfather dancing to uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips record, that album with uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. You know, uh, it's called uh, I, I Got to Use My Imagination. Um, so certain records would just get played over and over and over, but no instruments. No, it was not a space where I, I, I felt like, oh, you're supposed to be a musician yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. That wasn't my path. Well, uh, what about the school thing? Were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? Yeah, I was in chorus and I got, I mean, honestly, the way I got into music was kind of weird. Like I was a, a words and images kid. I was really into reading and drawing pictures when I was little. And then when I got into punk rock around like, you know, 14, 15 years old, um, I started to make collages and like cut things up with scissors and tape. But I was starting to read William S. Burroughs and then he described like cutting things up with tape recorders. So I started to to borrow tape recorders from my mom's school. She worked at a school for the deaf. And um, 
I would get a couple tape recorders and make little pause button edits of records. So I never really started with music like playing an instrument, like just sitting at a piano or playing a guitar. I started with like a pause button. Like that was kind of my approach to music was to like make weird edits of first like kids records. And then I started to, to, to sing and chant stuff and like record my own voice and edit that. Um, yeah, do, I don't know. Well, so it was like a man alone or child alone in his own chamber. You were, you weren't, uh, collaborating with anyone. No, no, I was I was doing a zine and I was going to punk shows, but I wasn't in bands. And then a little bit similar to Martin, I totally fell in love with a friend in the scene. Um, this this guy, John Cook, who was playing bass for bands. And then he knew that I liked noise music and that I was doing these tape collages. And he was like, hey, why don't you bang on scrap metal in our band? And so I joined a band called Cerebellum in Louisville, Kentucky in the 80s late eighties, this would be like 88, 87. Um, yeah. And it was definitely like a huge life changer to suddenly imagine that I was a musician. And, and I remember him saying like, like I said, Oh, I can't play music. I don't, I don't know how he's like, well, you can dance. If you can dance, you can play music. That's, and that was such a that, weird a thing to say, point. but no, I'm sure no, that's a great it, point. You know? A great point. Cause I think dancing is actually <laughs> led to the first instrument, which is the drum. It's the feet on the earth. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't think he was that off the mark. What was your first cerebellum gig like? Um, we let's see. There was. I'm trying to remember the very first that I played in. Yeah, I that's mean, the one I, I mean. I think, yeah. What happened was, uh, Soulside came down and played, and they did this thing where they were banging on metal, and we got kind of inspired by it, and they asked me to do it too. And I'm pretty sure we played at a a a um. A bar called Tuligans in Louisville, and we opened. We called it Tuligans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a bar where, when I was too young to get in, when Decroitzen played, I was hanging out by the trash can outside the club, trying to listen to Decroitzen through the wall because it wasn't an all ages show, and I loved Decroitzen and I wanted to hear them. Um, We we opened for Ignition, and that was huge for us. Like it was such a big deal to have a band from DC come to Louisville and to get to open for them. Um, and I remember I was so unclear about what I was doing. I was smacking these, uh, scrap metal objects and they were bouncing around on the stage and they were really sharp. Like the edges were super sharp and they, they kept like getting closer to various cables and then they eventually cut the mic cable. (laughs) So, you know, it was, it was, it was not perhaps an auspicious debut, uh, but it was extremely heartfelt. I was smacking on this metal. I was trying to be like Einstein and Neubauten, I guess. You know, sure. If I had, sure. if I had to summarize, that was no, the no. You know what? Even more, Zev. I don't know if you know that cat, but I saw oh, him yeah, almost. Yeah. I, was, I saw him almost get killed by his own shit many times because the stuff was swinging on ropes and shit. <laughs> Look, <we're, laughs> yeah. You know, we we lost him a couple of years ago, but he was a beautiful cat, man. I mean, beautiful. Yeah, great music. records. I love the recordings. I never saw him live, but that's yeah, the very gigs. by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah, 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 right, right. But the gigs were, yeah, they were phenomenal. You ever seen Crash Worship? That was a nice feeling of risk. 
I like that their vibe. They're a San Diego band. Yeah, really I remember. Good. I remember hearing about them. I never went to a gig, but I heard that they were uh, events. Oh yeah, you a lot know? of stuff on fire, getting swung around. Right, right. See, that wasn't fire. It's was more like just uh, physical <laughs> shit flying around yeah. and, and cutting like your uh, mic mm-hmm. cable thing. We're at the end of the first hour, uh, March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Dish Watt Peter Show special guest Matt Mos. Hold tight for hour two. March 19, 2021. It's second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro. So we started the second hour off with uh, Matmos with Marshall Allen. And then Ben Salter after that. Barasheet, Miniature 09 from Gareth Sager of the pop group doing piano here. Uh, Clara Rockmore right there. I'm in protege with the Daggio. Botanist from the city. Uh, Cholestamon. That's a, a plant name. And finally, Matmos for Francis Copigny. Coupigny. 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 Yeah, so sorry, so sorry. Uh, enlighten us about this uh, uh, track with M- Mr. Marshall Allen. Well, we got to play with him in L.A. at this Natural History Museum, and he was super fun to play with. It was a huge honor. And then we were working on this record that was supposed to be no microphones, only electronic signal. But we had seen him play that electric voice instrument that's like a breath controller, and it was so expressive and cool. So Martin just went up to him and was like, hey, will you send us a – a, a solo and and he was amazing about it he was just really kind and willing to do it he didn't play with us he just sent us a solo and then we kind of chopped it up at home a lot of our music is made with our friends or with people we know but also a lot of it is done remotely like someone sends us a piece especially and, recently yeah in the covid era that's how how a lot of work is getting done but before that even dropped we were our last record was 97 of our friends playing along with us to add up to 99 people playing at 99 beats per minute. So we just like to to draw on and like like open up what we do by having other people contribute sounds. Yeah, you know, but that, I think that's kind of in your tradition, Brother Drew, because you were doing you were using other people's sounds or, or, or you know, not instrument provided mm-hmm. sounds to make your compositions when you were a kid, right? Yeah, that feeling that you can express yourself through the way you edit somebody right. else. And like, Mr. To me, uh, that's natural. Or, or even your own shit, uh, shit because like you said, uh, inspired by Mr. Burroughs with the cut up. Also, Bobby Dylan's uh, Tarantula book, right? Tarantula. That's all cut up like that. I don't know if you've ever read that thing. But oh, no, I've never read that one. I mean, I, I, I like cut up literature and, and, and the weird thing that happens when you aren't entirely in control of what you're doing. You know, and I mean, collaborations are like that. A marriage is like that. A band is like that. It's just like more than the self, you know. Absolute. And speaking of which, how did Matmos come together? Well, I was um, more gay sex, (laughs) except this time the guy I fell in love with actually liked it and put out. Um, I was a go-go dancer at Club Uranus and I was go-go dancing in a plastic fish. And uh, this guy came up to me and said, oh, I heard your boyfriend is a car mechanic. Would he work on my car? But really, he was flirting with me. It was just my I I, you know, I was like, how what the what what am I going to say to this guy? Like. This hot go-go dancer. And I had seen Martin's band play at the 924 Gilman, and I knew he was in a cool band that was full of a lot of really weird people. And then Martin looked super normal, and I thought that was intriguing. Oh, I hate like, that word I, normal. hate that word yeah, normal. Yeah, <laughs> like the mystery guy. And I just wanted to know his deal so badly. And he invited me over to his apartment like, oh, come edit audio on a computer, which was sort of the, like, come up and look at my engravings kind of pickup line. But, you know, it was a bigger deal. It was like 1992. So I actually had a computer that I that you could record and edit audio fairly easily on. And I was like, maybe this cute boy wants to you know, <laughs> have sex with me. But of course... <laughs> In the way of our society, I said, well, maybe you want to come and edit some audio with me. 
artist sublimation of libido maybe i don't know so we we started as a band and as a couple more or less at the same time like just sitting together and he would make a sound and then i would make a sound and then he would make a sound we were doing these cut-ups together and that was really how everything started and it's kind of never stopped like now it's been what 27 28 years that's bitching and matmos <laughs> matmos is from the barbarella movie it's some kind of evil force yeah it's the slime under the city right right yeah and you know it's really just like what's inside a lava lamp it means like a liquid goo that keeps flowing and keeps changing and doesn't have a form well, you I know, gotta tell you that that movie's got a plot that's pretty fucking complicated. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I love watching Jane Fonda say lines like "decrucify the angel" yeah. or "not your face." No, it's like it's really that movie is something else. <laughs> it's it's something else. But was how'd that name come? You just thought, man, that's this is what we're doing. Drew loved love. So Drew grew up his stepdad owned uh like a art house movie theater and oh. i saw barbarella tons when i was a kid okay and uh and he, it was his idea and i was like yeah sounds good <laughs> i mean we you know barbarella gave us duran duran it gave us a, another band name i don't know i think there was even a metal band called pygar named after the angel <laughs> character i'm sure there somebody should do a doom metal or noise project after the great tyrant i mean that just sounds that sounds badass yeah, I don't know. I mean, we. I was a I kind was, of low hanging fruit, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ready. <laughs> Maybe there should be a dub project called Professor Ping. <laughs> <laughs> kind of to to leave this realm for a moment. Silicon <laughs> gel implant. And I, I notice it's implant, right? It ain't implants.
Waffle Pedro Show, Matmos, silicone gel implant. That's singular, people, because there's an actual object that inspired the tunage. <laughs> what, 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 let's talk about, well, let me say, uh, Andrea Pensato after that with alternatives to per- pervasion. Not the other perv word, right? <laughs> Matmos with Kronos Quartet. Whoa, yeah. Incredible. Uh, solo buttons for Joe Meek, who was an incredible cat and the strange journey he was on. But um, that's where music will take you, you know. Uh, get, uh, what's the process for a Matmos composition? Well, it depends on the album because we get real obsessed with a theme that's the that drives a whole album. And so one album might be entirely about plastic surgery or medical procedures. And then another album might be like sound portraits of people we admire. But pretty commonly, we'll imagine a topic and then think about an object that exemplifies it. And then we find the object and we make noises with the object and then we chop it up and then we kind of build an arrangement around the sounds that an object created. And it's not always a musical instrument. It can be something like the skin of a rabbit. You know, it can be something very soft that doesn't make a lot of sound. We have fun trying to create situations that are a fun challenge. And like, let me tell you, that silicone gel breast implant, yeah. that is a very quiet object. Yeah, it does not make sound. It does not want to make other sound. Than, other than... Dampened. <laughs> Other than slapping it full on with your hand, which makes not a very interesting sound, a sort of slapping. Um, but you know what? I bet you it kills uh, the rings on drum heads. <laughs> I, I would imagine, yeah, it would be fairly ideal. For You're that. Right, everything you know has a use somehow, somewhere. That's the whole idea of composing and shit, right? Yeah, you know, I like I like this idea where anything goes. A sound is a sound, and that probably goes back to Brother Drew's experience as a younger guy with a tape recorder, a capturing device, a snare, uh-huh. a, a snare, not like a snare drum, but like a, a trap. Yeah, everything starts from that moment of like, where do I want to point the microphone? And you have so many choices to make. You know, that's the thing. It just like there's no end to what you could try to work with, and it just is about, well, Martin and I take turns being in charge of albums and he might have one idea and then we'll pursue that and then I'll have one and we just trade off. Um, it's it's how you avoid like couple fights and kind of share the band. Right. <laughs> no, remember E. McKay had a band with his wife called the Evens, right? It's, uh-huh. it's even. <laughs> and then, uh, th- then this new project got, uh, she wrote, Annie wrote a song called... Uh, too many husbands or something. <laughs> but uh, we're at the end of the second hour. Uh, whatever it is. March 19, 2021. Dishwap Peter. So special guest. Matt Toast. Matt Mose. Fuck. Hold tight. Five, three. Mar- March 19, 2021. It's third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>
No. 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 No.
show start off third hour with Matmos doing moving pick Dario Redo then Crane with I'm in love with you and Matmos circle of swords so so what about I remember I had a, a Bob Dylan bootleg that was like 10 fucking records called 10 of swords but uh, <laughs> what, what, well, how important are titles when do they come at the end or beginning it depends on the record some of the time we've created a list of titles and then we literally create the album to flesh out the titles you know, like we saw like Roses and Teeth for Ludwig Wittgenstein and then we made the song. And then with a title like Circle of Swords, that came at the very end and was not the working title. Sometimes a working title is literally just a stab in the dark at a genre that might be relevant or a way to remember. And sometimes we forget and the core of like, why is that weird noise collage called Move and Pick? I have no idea. We have no we, idea. We liked to eat. Yeah, when you were reading it, I was like, oh, shit. Well, I ask this because I have to start with a title because it gives me focus. But, like, hardly anybody on the show does it that way. It's usually at the end, like, fucking bass guitar parts. You know, the thing about Matmos is rhythm, man. It's big time, big component. Yeah, I was a go-go. I mean, I was a go-go dancer, yeah. and before that, I was a break dancer. When I was like twelve years old, when that was like the big trend, I had the 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 cardboard yeah, square cool. and the parachute pants and the bandanas, and I was spinning around to run DMC. Like dancing was really important to me, and thinking about rhythm, I just loved music, and especially listening a lot to hip hop as a kid. Um, the kind of production and, and, and the way that rhythm was driving the shape of the music and what people did with their voice, everything about it, it was super important to me. But I'm not really a drummer, whereas Martin loves to like pick up objects and just drum on them with his hands and fingers, and he does that constantly. Um, in the composing, you know, the where does it come in on the composing? Is it at the beginning? You get a groove going and then you put in the sounds? Mm, well, we more sort of make grooves out of the like the sound 
So when you, you know, you know, like I'll play this like aluminum can here. Yeah. And so as a re like if we if I made a little recording of that thing, I'd go, oh, there were that like of crushing the can and then the dut dut dut. And then already it's it suggests the rec that first little recording will suggest little riffs. Absolutely. Yeah, I see. And then you start looping those. So hopefully the object sort of suggests a thing that you can build off of immediately. Yeah, yeah like once I, I was at the dentist and, and I was hearing this incredible rhythm that was so funky and weird and the way it kept slipping timing was so slinky. And I was like, what is this music you're listening to? This is so cool. And they're like, what music? What are you talking about? It's like that. Listen to what that is. And it was a tile of the ceiling where the air conditioning was making the ceiling tile like vibrate in this weird pattern. Re resonate, yeah. Yeah. And well, so, so you're saying that these whatever whatever the motif is, it becomes like little tent stakes for you to build your tune with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. starts from that. Like okay, you don't okay. start from like, oh, there's a grid and everything has to make sense on that grid. We yeah, would start absolutely. an event in the world. And it's organic, you know, you coming from the dance and thing, and then you know, the the way you guys uh, met you know, he's attracted to dance. I mean, to me, it makes, you know, people ask me about the old days and I say it was about people. I think the new days is about people too. It's always going to be about people, even though it gets expressed artistically as music, but like with you guys, it's still about mm -hmm. the people. And that's what really uh, gives it a fucking, I don't know, a, a feel for me that I can connect with. I, I, you know, you got a tune here called Boom Chicka. And if this ain't percussive derived. <laughs>
Народный гост. Thank <laughs> you. 
Live from Pedro Show. Sorry, George. I have a lot of respect for you, but everything is not on the one. <laughs> Boom Chica from Matmos. Then uh, Durian Brow. This is part three of three. Their music shape whole piece. Uh, last three episodes, right? It was one big 45-minute piece. Ben and Zach uh, improvising, man, and making it. And, and then they, they didn't want it being sold as an object. They want everybody to burn it uh, to CDs or have a mp3 living on your pewter and then finally the the last delicious cigarette from Mat from matmos which i thought would be good for the last piece of music mm -hmm. now i quit smoking 2013 thank god but man i, I can i can't think i know what you mean <laughs> art's been on the patch for 27 years i think jesus <laughs> he was supposed to be on it for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> That's like methadone guys for like 40 yeah. uh, Bill Burroughs, right? Cross addicted. I think it is very much like that, yes. <laughs> wow. Me, all I had to do was move the ashtray tray away from the mouse because there's all this ritual. Oh, okay. Now, right. the guys in the Stooges, like Brother Steve and uh, Scotty, man, they had the, the Jones. where They had yeah. to use the patch just to take an airplane flight. Yeah, I think it's different with different cats. So, uh -huh. so during this uh, situation, current thing, you did this 99 buddies on the wall, you know, the collab mm -hmm. thing, doing 99 beats and all this. Have yeah. you been doing other compositions? Um, we've been working on other music, and 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 we lately we've been making stuff out of a, a, a Polish composer called Bogusław Schaefer. We've been chopping up his music and making new pieces that are a kind of posthumous remix of Bogusław Schaefer. So we've been tunneling into like uh, Polish electroacoustic music of the '60s and '70s. That was that's our next step. That's where we're going. Wow, you know, the lady on yesterday, Andrea Pensado, she said ten years she spent in Poland, and it made her change from classical, you know, and that kind of composition mm -hmm. stuff into electronic music. Yeah, huh. she's a beast. Wow, yeah, wow. I like she's wound up because that's wild. Yeah, she's no, no. played it. I'm sorry. I helped run a little local place, uh, you know, free music venue here. And she's played. She actually destroyed our subwoofers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Us to put limiters in our system. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> uh, with but digital stuff, you can ask analog stuff to do almost impossible shit, especially with low end. It's really damaging. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about this new stuff you're doing to this uh, composer man from Poland? Does it fit in with the, con- uh, the idea of you guys making albums based on a concept? I think in a way it does because it's all unified by this this historic backward glance and like what what about the weird music of the 60s and 70s do we want to express now but really yeah it's bottleneck through well, normally this, a mapmus record we pick the sounds but in this case we're making it out of someone else's this, record this, the idea i mean on the on besides you know bar bar room talk like the first thing that he that drew and i talked about when we were when we first got together was was this stuff which neither of us then really knew a lot about but we both knew we liked the idea of making music out of sounds and and there's this piece called variations for a door and a sigh by pierre henry pierre henry and we both knew about that and we were like that's cool right yeah yeah that's cool that's cool and this sort of, you know, like record talk, brag talk about shit that neither of us actually knew that much about sort of caused our whole life to change. Life <laughs> to change. That's uh, okay. Can I ask you something about electronic music? Because you got uh, the background with the keyboard. And Brother Drew, not so much, right? He said the pause button or something. Yeah, because so, does electronic? It seems you know about Delia Derbyshire, right? She got out electronic uh-huh. music because she said, "Fuck these synthesizers." Well, they, for one thing, they're you know, yeah, you're not manipulating; you're using a machine to do it. And and what's this thing with the keyboard? Mm-hmm. What, what's your you guys is? Well, I mean, you you one understands why you know Robert Moog wanted to put like to sell products like. Most people think about music as do, re, mi, notes, you know, arranged pitches, making melodies and stuff. <laughs> Whereas people like Delia Derbyshire, like... Or Tom, John Buchla. Or, or Buchla or, you know, the people, uh, Schaefer and the founders of Musique Concrete, there's, it's much more open, like, can you make a compelling piece of music without being married to da 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 you know can you make compelling structures without pitches i don't like to have a fixed, rule fixed pitches i mean i don't like to have a rule that's going to determine everything i do i like a rule about a particular song so maybe i would follow a rule like only make a song out of a washing machine but i don't want to for the rest of my life have a rule that i have to follow and that would include like to use a keyboard or not. You know, there's pieces of music where we really needed that and pieces of music where it just wasn't necessary. You know, sure, I like freedom. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course. I, that, that's being pretty open minded. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally with that. You know, uh, I, I'm just curious, you know, because uh, uh, I'm actually I was into electronic music. You know, there was a show on the KPFK here uh imaginary landscape with uh carl stone you know and i'm a teenager and i'm listening to this shit right and and, and, of course me and d Boone couldn't do it wasn't like the credence in the Uh blue oyster cult so much (laughs) but in in the the end did say say to me music is music and so that's why i ask you stuff like this Mm -hmm. 
I, I know I'm an idiot in return. Well, you know, I mean, there's that great, there's that great John Cage quote where he's like, well, if you want to come up, and I'll get it wrong, of course, if you want to come up with another word for everything that comes into your ear that's, that's not the word music, go ahead and come up with one. But for the time being, we'll just call it music. <laughs> yeah, well, Andrea yesterday said, brought a quote from him about what is noise, right? And if you're trying to talk to somebody, even though this beautiful fucking symphony's playing, that's fucking noise because it's interrupting your spiel, right? Yeah. You know, the, sound out of yeah. The subjective, the subjective perfect, experience like, is really important. I think, yeah. Mm. So, where can people find you on the internet, please? <laughs> Bandcamp. When I when I'm when I'm in a taxi or something, and they're like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm uh, in a band." I'm like, "If you look us up on the internet, you'll think we're really famous." <laughs> because I swear to God, there is. So much crap about us on the like, like I can look up myself, and it's like there's thousands of pictures of me. Okay. And I'm like, that's creepy. That so basically, you're weird. saying just put Matmos in the search engine, and we're gonna find yeah, it. Yeah, and it'll work. It'll like work. you know, you'll think, yeah, like okay. you would think I earned a living from this. <laughs> look, <laughs> well, yeah, oh, look, I'll tell you this: you're very inspiring what you're doing, and I th in my book, that counts for a lot of shit. I know it's hard to tell the landlord that because he likes collecting those little green paintings. But well, yeah. it's been a huge honor to have you both on the show. Oh. And when you get done with this new record, can you come back on and let's talk about it? Yes, please. Hell yeah. Okay, okay. People, it's been the March 19, 2021 edition of Pedro. So keep your powder dry.